0: This week, on a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer, we're discussing our favorite movie mentor. Hello, and welcome to a teachable mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal.
1: I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm noted student of Mr. Carter, Jonathan Rooney Taylor. Uh
0: Who's Mr. Carter?
1: You know, Mr. Cotter. That's oh, Mr. Mr. Cotter. Cotter. Yeah. 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 I didn't say it with the right inflections. Up your nose with a rubber hole. Mr. Cotter. Damn. Yeah. When they name? made me, they broke the mold.
0: Ooh. Yeah, Mr. Cotter. Cotter. Because he was welcome back.
2: Yeah. I thought his name was Cotter, though, not Carter. No, it's Cotter. Yeah. Yeah.
0: K-O-T-T-E-R, P-A-R, yeah. Played by the immortal Gabe Kaplan, star of Battle of the Network Star. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, he was the only one left standing after that bloodshed. Correct. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Uh,
0: so uh, this week, uh, because last week we watched uh, The Matrix, a movie that features a very strong Joseph Campbellian mentor character, we're going to be discussing our favorite Movie mentors You know mentors They're those guys What put those little mint things In the Diet Coke And then they explode
2: Yeah Mentors
1: Yeah it's the best use Of a Diet Coke really I'm oh. saying, why do we even bother with helium when we've already uh, unlocked the power of Mentos and Diet Soda? Made?
0: Especially because there's no more helium left. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> we spent it all on party balloons <laughs> and gave them to small children who immediately let them go to soar into space yeah. Yeah. or
1: to mess with planes. Well, we were all under the impression that the balloons would float back to the Earth and redistribute their uh, helium supply back into the minerals.
0: Yeah, Right. So uh, let's go around the horn. We'll just start with you, John. Who is your favorite movie mentor?
1: So mine's kind of a, a dark horse candidate, uh, but I really like Donald Sutherland in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> okay. The movie! Deep cut! Nice. nice. Uh, he's just, he's clearly playing. The most Donald Sutherlandian character you could possibly <laughs> conceive of. He is trench-coated and batted during the entire film. It's probably the most Canadian he's been in a movie, too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and he, he has been, he is one of the, uh, uh, the the watchers, which is a class of people, I guess. It's a job. It's yeah. an
0: occupation.
1: Uh, but his, his job is to basically, uh, you know, every generation a slayer is born to fight the vampires and it's his job to locate the slayer when their power awakens so that they can be trained and uh most of his training advice seems to be throwing knives at young ladies and they catch them and it's like congrats (laughs) you're a vampire (laughs) slayer nice and she's like, You threw a knife at my head, but you caught it. You're a slayer. <laughs> his his training
0: is very the similar. Of training. I was gonna Correct. say it's very yeah. similar to Rip Torn and Dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. And I You can it. dodge this knife. You can <laughs> you can dodge a vampire. <laughs> uh,
1: but it's great because he does take uh just this this very uh ship adrift teen with no prospects or future above you know, fashion and dating, and basically trains her to the point where she can kill a fly with a toothpick that she spits. Nice.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is a that's a movie. I remember, weirdly enough, my relationship with that movie started with the novelization of the
1: movie. <laughs> oh, I had read the because uh, they had taken Joss Whedon's original script before it kind of got like ground through the Hollywood machine and did a comic book version of it. So I had read the comic book version of the original script before I saw the movie. Okay. And then I saw the movie, and I'm like, oh, God, this is hilarious and great. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, We had the novelization of the movie, uh, and then I... Well, the movie... Because that was when novelizations would come out, like, with the movie. Right, Sure, because you couldn't
1: see the movie just, like, whenever. It would be there for, like, the opening weekend and maybe stick around a little bit after that. Right. But, like... If you didn't see it, you just saw it on TV, maybe. Especially because Buffy the Vampire Slayer wasn't a big hit. Or...
2: You had to f- wait for it to come out at Blockbuster
0: yeah. or Hollywood Video. You
2: know, yeah,
1: back when there was competition be- between the rental yeah. houses. <laughs> back when
0: there was also like the community rental places. Like you're just like local. Yeah, yeah like, your your, your RTS videos. Yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. I went yeah. to
2: B and D, which stood for Bill and Della. Ooh, <laughs> nice. And they were two people who had like an old timey country store in rural Virginia where I grew up, and they just started renting movies. Nice. We had uh, do- we had Lotto Video, wow. which
0: then turned into to dollar video. Then we had Kobols one and Kobols three. There was no Kobols two.
1: Kobols <laughs> two, I imagine, existed on paper for the purposes of money laundering. <laughs> uh, judging by the
0: amount of videotapes that were never in stock, there—that is correct. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice,
1: Uh But yeah, it's, you know what? Uh, check out the Buffy movie. It's, it's not bad. It definitely, uh, like, it has a lot of tonal issues where it, it's very clear that it's. Uh, it, it's attempting to do a genre blend before that had really become a marketable thing, so a lot of people yeah. didn't super know how to handle the movie. Yeah. Like, one, is it a comedy? Is it a horror movie? Is it I a like, And I feel like, and
0: I don't know where, because Joss Whedon's script for that was... Uh, very famously, like rewritten and then put through uh, oh, just, like the grind. Donald
1: Sutherland refused to speak any of his written lines. Right, nice. everything, every word that comes out of his mouth is a Sutherland mm-hmm. original. Nice. And I'm not
0: sure what, which way the movie was leading in Joss Whedon's original script. It was closer to a comedy or closer to a serious
1: drama. Um, but yeah, it was it w- definitely closer to like a thriller. Yeah. You know? Because
0: it's and honestly, it's the comedy elements of the movie that really work. Yeah. Uh, specifically like Paul Rubens. We were just talking about this on our break. God
1: damn. Uh,
0: Paul Rubens death scene, like,
1: so and just good. his whole performance. When and, he loses an arm at one point in that movie and just gives a look like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> and Rucker Hauer
0: as like the like romantic Dracula vampire who's also just like, ugh,
1: I gotta do fucking kids great. <laughs> yeah. Like you just like been through it all, and I possibly like the. I, it's in Joss Whedon's original script, and it definitely uh, is like a portent to some of the tone stuff that happens in the series. But uh, basically, a bunch of members of the senior class are turned into vampires, uh, but they can't. They they do the vampire rule of you can't enter a space unless you've been invited. But, oh no! They've all been invited to senior prom, right. because they're senior. Yes,, yes. they'll have they' all bought tickets. <laughs> Classy. It's great. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, and and Donald Sutherland, again, he brings a real. Like, like he's doing real workman work on this movie. Uh, Like, it's clear that from, like, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that he was just doing it for a paycheck. Sure. Like, he was not, like, in it to win it. He's not invested. Yeah, but he still gives this really great, Mm. grounded performance that really gives uh, the movie a character that you can really, like, latch on to early on in this movie. Right, because he's, like, a, he's, like, a, seen it
0: all, kind of, like, drunk. Doesn't he, like, always have, like, a little bottle of liquor or something like that? Yeah,
1: and, like, and there is, spoilers, he, like, dies to be the propellant of Act 3's drama. And, like, yeah, you really feel sad that this, this guy is not in this movie anymore. Like, he does feel very real. Yes,
0: absolutely. Nice. Patrick, favorite movie mentor? Oh, man.
2: There's like a bunch of them with better jokes I could go for, but I think the my favorite movie mentor should be V from V for Vendetta. Ooh. He is the movie mentor. Like, it's his, his, his <laughs> movie of mentoring. <sighs> and he's fucking great. He's got all that bitching, stolen artwork, and he's watching all them old <sighs> Errol Flynn movies and sword fighting with his pillows. Like, that speaks to me.
1: I he will say alliteration. Yeah. It super works a lot better in the comic. I think we've had this discussion that the a comic A bunch is of times. Oh, yeah. Leagues better than the oh, movie yeah. The movie is still good, but uh, in the in the movie, V kind of reveals that like he's just been playing this huge mind game with Evie, and right. like it, all of this torture was faked so that it could like mold her into uh, his like heir appearance to the anarchist cause. And in the comic book, she's like you fucking piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. You're a literal monster. Manic. I want nothing to do with you. Where in the movie, she's like, oh, this seems reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. i right. I'm gonna shave my head now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just like, that's, there's a lot of, uh, th- there's a lot that the movie does that's really, really cool, but there's a lot that that movie does that just like, ooh, this, this really like hits a sour note. Well, a, oh, lot yeah, like, definitely. A, a
0: lot like the Watchmen movie, like, it gets a lot of the visual cues right from the comic book, but it completely misses, like, the whole point of it, like, the political point of it. Yeah. Well, think, well
2: they were shoehorning it to make it work for Bush when it correct. was about Thatcher, and you missed some of the nuance yeah. and intricacy there. And they also add a lot more action yeah, in yeah, to yeah. make it palatable
0: to our, like, tiny American and brains. to make it, like,
2: a sellable movie, in right. so, so yeah, a lot So there's, there's, yeah. there's a lot
1: more knife fighting. There's a lot. A lot of knife fighting in the comics,
2: there's though. a good amount of there's knife fighting in the comics, but like the best improvement the movie makes is the addition of Stephen Fry. He correct. is nowhere in the comics, and it yeah. is a huge letdown to be he fair. Is great.
0: Anytime Stephen Fry shows up, is
2: a huge addition, right? You're just like, Oh, fuck yeah, he Stephen Fry's best.
1: here, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I do like again, like uh, a Matrix actor coming back. Hugo Weavings does do a really great performance as V, oh, as yeah, this as very the voice, enigmatic yeah. kind of character that you really. Uh, Something that the movie does, I think, attempt to do that I think it really gives up on about halfway through is, like, not really being sure about, like, is V... Righteous in his cause, or is he just a maniac? Yeah, yeah. Right.
2: and they do kind of give up on that in the movie, but it is his performance that keeps him charming and yeah. really right. horrible because otherwise he's just a mask, which is really hard to do. Which
0: is even uh, more impressive when you consider that he was a replacement actor yeah. for the original actor, whose name escapes me. Uh, but he took over with like very little time. Yeah, uh, which is why he mostly just did voice stuff. He's not really in the suit a lot. Yeah, it's um, mostly the other guy. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. So, I mean, it's a not a bad movie. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. But yeah, compared to the yeah. comic, it's
1: well, it's just like uh, coming out of the movie is just like, oh man, yeah, cool. Whereas like coming out of the comic is just like, oh, I, I think anarchy is like a very reasonable moral way <laughs> right? of like establishing yeah. a good like world community with no bo- like it like it really does like make you consider anarchy as a not only probable, but like very ethical way of organizing. Yeah. It's it's, out of the
2: comic book. You want to be an anarchist out of the movie. You just wanted to vote for John Kerry. (laughs) It's like not quite the
1: same. (laughs) It's definitely true. And like the one, one of the, the more egregious things that really bugs me about that movie is that, uh, V delivers a bunch of masks to a bunch of people using, what is it, like federal delivery? Yeah, federal delivery. Which or is something. like, but like, no, the government is not a federal government. Why would they have a federal, a federal delivery, delivery service? Because they didn't want to pay FedEx. <laughs> yep. But they shouldn't have tried anyway. <laughs> it should have just been UPS. <laughs> Or DHL, at least. Or authoritarian delivers to you. (laughs) Despot mail. You need three Nixon stamps to send this.
0: (laughs) Oh, you see, you only put on one Slobodan Milosevic. That's not going to get you out of town. Sorry. Uh, Mark. Favorite movie mentor, uh, I'm going to go with something uh, a little more comedic, uh, a little more scenery, a little more hammy. Uh, I'm going with Christopher Lloyd's Dr.
2: Emmett Brown from the Back to the Future trilogy. Yeah, everybody's favorite professor.
0: Yeah, take that. Professor. Professor
2: William Morris. Yeah. Also take that John Stewart in the faculty. There it is. All right. I couldn't think of another movie teacher. Nah, man, what about, uh, is it? who's the guy that plays the substitute in all those shitty movies? Ooh, Tom Berenger, that's yeah. right, because
0: he was also the sniper. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> I think he was also the major league. He yeah. may have been. Yeah, I mean, I know he's in major league. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, So yeah, I'm going with Doc Brown. He's uh like the quintessent, like they take like the idea of this like old mentor who's supposed to like lead, you know, the young hero around, but he's a crazy old man <laughs> who yeah invents a time machine and wears a crazy chandelier hat that can read thoughts. Yeah. Uh, And also,
1: he stole uranium from Libyans. (laughs) He didn't steal it. He just he, instead of building them a bomb, sent them a pinball machine. He sent them a bomb casing
0: with pinball machine parts. (laughs) And the Libyans were upset. Ooh, they're very upset. They machine gun him to death. They
2: do. that. They do. Uh,
0: But yeah, I think, I, I love Christopher Lloyd's performance in the back to the future movies uh especially weirdly enough i love him in back to the future part Three, oh, like yeah. the western sure, the cowboy because that's when he gets to have a that's little bit his more, movie yeah better. he gets to have like yeah. more character growth like he falls in love with mary steenburgen yeah. you see like him reckoning with like all the things they've done and now like deciding i'm gonna stay in 1885 i'm a good ass blacksmith right and it's only when marty shows up and he's like Mad Dog 10 and kills you in three days. And he's like, well, I guess I don't want to die.
1: Let's make a super time travel train with explodey logs. Yeah. But he's also just like, Marty, you can't tell me anything that happens in the future. And he's like, alright, uh, Doc, I'm gonna tell you this one thing that happens in the future. Don't do it! Well, I did it. Well, it saved the day, Marty! <laughs> I hope not <that> happened. <laughs> I thought
2: he's got a whole barn to make, like, a single cube of ice. Yeah! yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and, and, like, dirty ice, Yeah, too. it's not good-looking <laughs> ice, yeah. <laughs> but what's what's great is at the end of Back to the Future 3, all the things that Doc has been preaching for the entire trilogy, he comes back and he's like, well, I was wrong, Marty! <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the future's not written. There's uh, no thing, but we make Marty. Uh, get on my,
1: get on my space train <laughs> with my creepy son. Yeah. Uh, have you guys ever played the uh, the Telltale Back to the Future adventure game? That is no. like, no. it's. I've only played the terrible Nintendo game. Right. Uh, it came out pretty recently for like PlayStation Three, kind of in that era, and it is. Kind of like how the Ghostbusters game was like a canonical Ghostbusters 3. This is meant to be a canonical Back to the Future 4. Okay. So it it takes place, Marty goes back to uh, Doc Brown's, like, when Doc Brown is a teenager to, like, help him do science-y stuff. But they got Christopher Lloyd in 2011 to record voices. (laughs) And he just sounds like, Marty, you gotta help I'm a teenager (laughs) my dad doesn't want me to do science please Marty put me out of my misery (laughs) because like in the first trilogy like he's like maybe like in his 40s-ish and he's like makeup aged up to be like older than that but now when he's actually that age in real life. is just like, I just want to sit by a beach, Marty. Please just let me die. Give me some iced tea. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's great. Uh, any honorable
1: mention movie mentors we want to go over? I mean, I think the all of the various Star Wars mentors. Sure, your sure, Obi-Wan yeah, Kenobis. I think Obi-Wan is very much the like prototypical kind of mentor of just right. like the wise old man who's a wizard. Uh, fucking senile Yoda in the middle of Swamp Planet. Yeah, great. Fucking never gets old. Yeah. I think the best scene in the whole goddamn Star Wars saga is just... Him having a tug of war fight with R two D two for the lantern. Oh right! And, oh no, yeah. mine, mine, just mine! Is hitting, <laughs> hitting him. With I, a stick. I'm
0: a big fan of him going through all of Luke's food and then yeah. just like taking bites <laughs> and going yeah, and like throwing, throwing it away. It away. <laughs> <laughs> and Luke exasperated and be like, "No, I that's
1: my don't food go in there. Come <laughs> on, man. How do you grow so big eating food of this kind? Come, come and like eat my weird heat, fucking, eat, fucking like, stew. Yeah. Weird like snake stew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, turtles and shit in it. Yeah. Uh yeah, Yoda is fucking rad and I uh, I I deeply love uh In Force Awakens, uh, they try to make Han Solo a mentor character, but it just doesn't really gel very well. And I think
0: that's more to do with, like, Han Solo can't be a mentor character by the nature of his character. Right. And,
1: like, the whole, like, storyline up to that point is he literally had a son that he's just like, well,
0: bye forever. Yeah, my my son went evil and I gave up on everything. Yeah. Back to fucking sticking so, yeah, around with Chewie.
1: It just rings a little hollow when he tries to be a mentor for Rey. But uh, Last Jedi, when Luke is the mentor for Rey, is... Fucking awesome! Yeah. Yes,
0: absolutely. And to that matter, Leia as a mentor to like uh, to, to, to Poe po Dameron yeah. is
1: also really great. Sure, I think it's really good to see Leia in uh, like an unquestioned leader position, right? Because it definitely feels like in the original trilogy, like there are a lot of people that defer to her for sure, but she never is like the highest ranking officer in a room in the rebellion. She's
0: the, like the royal figurehead. Yeah, she's just yeah. the, the princess.
1: Yeah. She's not the great general. Yeah, yeah, she
0: always like she's like, We've got a plan General? Yeah. And then a beardy white guy shows up and was like well, there's a small exhaust port. Uh, some <laughs> it's too robble, bad. Robble, robble,
1: robble, yeah. Some English, some English so character actor shows up. Yeah. With uh, just egregious uh, sideburns. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, fucking Luke and Leia in Last Jedi yeah, are just like fascinating. Because it's a wonderful culmination of their characters up to that point. Uh, and they both not only do like the people that they are mentoring change but they both also change through the course of the movie sure. like all of the characters get to have character dynamics it's no. great yeah
2: Patrick, any uh, honorable mentions? Uh, definitely going to go with Sean Connery from Highlander. Because oh, sure. Because a couple of things there. One, he teaches Highlander to sword fight in what is, I guess, about a tenth of an old castle. Yes. yes. Something yeah, about yeah. that.
1: And especially because that Highlander that he's teaching does not speak English. Not at all. <laughs> and that's going to be my second favorite thing is that this is where we really get introduced to the
2: idea that no matter where a human being is from, they as- uh, uh, hope, aspire to speak like Sean Connery. And we know this because no matter what nationality Sean Connery is, Sean Connery sounds like Sean Connery. I was gonna say, and I love movie- he's fucking Spanish. Yeah, he's, he's a Conner- no, 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 he's Egyptian. He's
0: Egyptian <laughs> with a Spanish name, <laughs> name, and then he lived in Scotland.
2: Also, he's an alien. Right. Yeah, <laughs> he's all of the great things and he has no accent from any of it. He sounds like he will when he's a Russian submarine pilot or when he's an Irish beat cop or, or he's, he's the medicine man. <laughs> right. I or that American who got locked up in Alcatraz, yeah. it doesn't
1: matter. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like Sean Connery cuz that's what we all want to sound like. It's something that uh, as as an American you don't pick up on, but I've I've heard a lot of people uh, like from the UK, specifically from Scotland saying like, we cannot understand Sean Connery. Like, that is not a Scottish accent. Like, he talks fucking weird. Right. Well, he his accent, I'm
0: sure, is a... Uh, it's probably a product of... He was probably super Scottish, and then he was a bodybuilder and a model, then he got cast as James Bond, and they were like, you gotta English it up a little bit. Right. And yeah. that was the best he could
2: do. <laughs> right. And he just
0: stuck with <laughs> he it. He just kept it going, Because yeah. it worked the one
2: time. Yeah. You get people like that, though. Like, they, they had to speak a certain way in order to be understandable on stage or on screen, and they just did yeah. that for the rest of their Oh, lives. yeah.
0: Like, I've been, we've been watching Succession lately. Okay. I've been working through it. It's fucking yeah. amazing. I've heard good and, things, and Brian, Brian Co- Cox, Brian Cox oh, who yeah. is Scottish, but he's been doing the Brian Cox voice for so long for his yeah. whole career. And so, like, every time you hear him, like, you can hear a little bit of Scottish, but it's, like, mostly gone now. And now he's just saying, fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> That's his whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Fuck off, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> uh, but, like, he's just always been Brian Cox's voice now. There's just, he has his own unique voice. Right. Uh, Mark uh, uh, any honorable mentions Uh, I'm going to go With another Sean Connery Absolutely Hall of uh, Sean
2: Connery mentors Yeah I
0: mean there's so many Sean Connery mentors But uh, Sean Connery in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade Oh yeah uh, It's I think his best performance Like acting performance in a movie He finally gives He gets rid of his vanity And we talked about this a little bit too In like um, uh, previous episodes but I I just love that, like, he, no hairpiece, he's got the glasses, the old man hat, he's playing an old man, and he's just funny and silly and warm yeah, but like when so he needs goofy. to lay down the fucking law to his son he does <laughs> yeah. and he does when his son is like Jesus Christ and he slaps him in the face and yeah. he goes that's for blush for me <laughs> <laughs> and then he makes Very his good. son drive back to Berlin to stop his grail diary from getting burned by Hitler that's yep. right. then it gets signed by Hitler yep Yeah. There there had to be of like uh, there has to be I wonder if there's like a guild for Hitlers. Like there's <laughs> for like right. mall Santas. <laughs> sure. Like yeah. actors
1: what play Hitler. Well, it's like that scene from the producers. Where yeah. They just right. got the room full of <laughs> Hitlers. Full of Hitlers. <laughs>
0: Today we're only seeing singing Hitlers, dancing Hitlers over there. I, I, oh. lo- I love the weird <laughs>
1: cowboy <laughs> Hitler.
0: <thing. Yeah>. <laughs> 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 Wandering Minster alive. Next. Little Wooden Boy Next (laughs) (laughs) Well that's gonna do it for this uh, This glorious Minnesota Body Counts and Beer I'm Mark Rosenthal I'm
1: Patrick Bromley I'm still Jonathan Rooney-Taylor And we'll
0: see you next time, fuckers Bye, idiots Yeah. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley John Rooney-Taylor and Mark Rosenthal Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.